I forgot to shave you. See that little gray patch right here? I do. Not cool. You look distinguished. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no. Mm -mm. Uh, yeah. Okay, so <coughs> we see we're going to record, right? I think so, yeah. So let's go ahead and do that because, you know, the Bible says. <laughs> the Bible says thou must record. He who shall record will record. <laughs> Whatever that means, man. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham, and with me today, of course, is the absolutely fantastic Jojo, to whom I always say hello, Jojo. Yeah. Howdy, do. Jojo, not a damn, not a damn thing happening. Like seriously, <laughs> it's just like uneventful, <laughs> completely uneventful. Not even worth talking about. How about you? Um, yeah, it's been been interesting. My my senior doggy is uh, having senior time today. He's <laughs> having health, senior moments. He's having senior moments today. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, other than that, it's all good. I'm sending all my love to Earl, man. Earl is my boy. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean? yeah. Earl is right 16. up in there in age, you know? Yeah, he's 16. Does he use the, 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 um, the round spectacles and stuff like old dogs do? Does he, he have needs like a those. little beard that he <laughs> That he strokes. <laughs> <when he's... laughs> oh, man. Oh, poor Earl. Mostly he sleeps. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, if I were Earl, I'd be doing the same thing. Like, yeah. but every every so often, he'll try to play with with the youngest, who's two. And uh, the thing is, Earl's deaf, and he doesn't know he's deaf. So he screams. He doesn't bark anymore. He screams. Oh, so he'll boy. get right. He'll get right in Herbie's face and scream at him. And Herbie is like, "I'm not fucking playing with you. You're insane." <laughs> and Earl's all like, "But what? Come back!" Every, every you yelled at me. You're mean. Away from him, man. <laughs> I don't know what this old dog wants, but let me just walk away. Walk away. This is not a language I speak, man. I don't know what Yo, the hell that is, but it's not Chihuahua. <laughs> that is mad funny, man. <laughs> oh, man. Right, Jojo. So today we are reviewing The King's Jester by Hassan Minaj. And. Uh, you know, a lot of things dropped today. Today, we actually recording the show on Friday. And normally, Netflix and all of them, they drop a lot of stuff on on Fridays. But I, I happened to see a little bit of The King's Jester uh, by Hassan Minaj's stand-up special. And I'm like, I want to talk about this. <laughs> so I, I know, of course, that we all know Hassan Minaj from The Daily Show back in the day. And also we all know what happened with his Netflix weekly show, Patriot Act. And for a while we didn't hear from him after he was, he, he got so controversial 
if controversial is the right word, that for a while he's like almost like he took a break and, and kind of like decompressed a little bit. But boy, did he come out with, with, with a lot of fire. <laughs> Man. Yes. Yes, yes. I'm very glad that you recommended this because this is a fantastic special and um, explains, I think, some of why he was uh, off the radar for a bit. Yeah, it's amazing how the Land of the Free and the Home of the Braves, you know, freedom of speech is, is, is just an illusion that we tend to we tend to sort of like romanticize to a certain extent. I mean, don't get me wrong, in comparison to other countries, freedom of speech here is pretty good. But until you fuck with the right person, <laughs> or the wrong person, who knows? Yeah. So yeah. we'll be talking about that for a moment, but Georgia, I'd, I'd, I'd like to hear in general what you thought of it. Um, I <laughs> so It's really, really funny, which, you know, you want in a comedy special. Da-ha. But um, he is... I I was just kind of in awe with how talented he is by how young he is. He has a very very scripted and I don't mean this in a in a in a robotic way, but he has a very thoughtful comedy. You can tell very little of it is off the cuff. Like he has really really worked his material and for someone as young as him, I find, I find that hugely impressive especially considering the subject matter that he tackles in this comedy special, because um, he had some really heavy stuff and he goes very serious to fucking hilarious. And um, the, 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 the kind of whiplash you get from that is fantastic because <laughs> if you're not paying attention, you're going to be like, what the shit just happened? But it's, it's, it's fantastic. And I, I love that kind of comedy and I love, like I said, I, I was very surprised to learn how young he is. I was thinking he was older and um, I hate to say more seasoned, but just his style reminded me of somebody that's been doing this for much longer than he has. Yeah. You know, this kid, this kid literally burst at the scene one night. I remember watching The Daily Show. Jon Stewart was still in there. And uh, Jon Stewart said, you know, for more on this, we're going to our reporter, blah, blah, blah. Hassan Minaj. And I'm like, oh, Hassan Minaj, who is this kid, right? It turns out, okay, well, this dude is funny. This dude is really, really funny. And he understands satire, as you said, for a young comedian. His understanding, especially of political satire, is absolutely insane. And as you said, that makes him seem, seem or you would think that he is a lot older because political satire is is either something you i would think you you're born with like you have the knack for or it could be a talent that it takes a long time to hone right you have uh you know the regulars you know john stewart colbert let's even include before he went crazy dennis miller in the in the, in the bunch, you know, Bill Maher, all of them have have this this brand of political satire that that you can watch, and very rarely do they go off the rail to provoke a certain vitri visceral reaction from people. 
well, except for Bill Maher. I think Bill Maher right now, he just eats that up. Like the whole, I'm going to say some real, real heavy shit and make everybody mad at me, liberals or, or, or no, or whoever. Sometimes I think most of the time people are trying to figure out what is he, you know. But Hassan Minaj has a particular grief that he is tackling, that he is addressing. And I think very few comedians speak truth to power. Very, very few Muslim comedians speak truth to power. And by power, I mean, you know, the kingdom of Saudi, Saudi Arabia, as Hassan does. And the thing I think Hassan, the, Hassan's grievance with the kingdom of Saudi Arabia is the fact that they are, they have the money to portray themselves as the best Muslims, you know. Meanwhile, they are a fucking dictatorship, a murderous dictatorship, by the way. But they get to call them the, 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 themselves friends of some of the most powerful democracies around the world, including the United States. Ain Hassan calls out the hypocrisy in this, and I fucking love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah, you know, and he he's he has, you know, the numbers and everything. There's 2% of the Muslim population of the world is represented by, by them. And, you know, whenever somebody Muslim does something radicalized, it gets blamed on the Muslim population, but, you know, not, not so much the Saudis. So it's, it's exactly, it's very, very, his, his, he is a very, um, it makes me think of John Oliver because, you know, whenever you see uh, anything with John Oliver, you always learn something. Yes. It'll be funny. It'll be funny, but you always learn something and you learn it in, in a funny way. And, that's kind of the the comedy style here of of Hassan of you know I'm gonna I'm gonna educate you folks on on the world and how it is and uh, but it's gonna be funny and you're gonna enjoy it and he's he's very 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 good at it and again like I said I, I know this is sounds dumb because I keep saying it but I just can't get over how young he is he he I mean he's, he's very young. And I just can't imagine like in 20 years or 30 years, assuming the world still exists, how fucking good he's going to be as long as he doesn't go off the rails, but <laughs> there's always the possibility of people losing their mind and going off the rails. But I just can't imagine being so good and being able to hone your craft and still have all this time to be able to hone it. It's just a fantastic. Yeah. You know, and sometimes when you, when we talk about first of all, his youth, and also the kind of topic that he's tackling, you can't help but fear for him. The reason yes. being is that, yes. look, John Oliver will go after anybody, anybody in the world, anybody in the world, and they'll come back at him and he'll mock them again and again and call them names and just have a Twitter war with them. But the chances of anybody in the world coming after a British American comedian, yes. okay, a white British American comedian, yes, are incredibly slim. Like let's let's just put that. And I'm not saying that what John Oliver does is not as valid, and and as you know politically 
conscious as as her sons. But again, what happened to Jamal Khashoggi will not happen to John Oliver. Right. In fact, what happened right. to Salman Rushdie? Right. Is not will not happen to John Oliver. It's just simple as that. We're talking about a British American citizen. That's two absolute fucking superpowers, and uh, they would they would have to think twice. Yeah. But Hassan Minaj is an Indian American Muslim kid from the United States, from California. Yes. And. He's tell he's telling you that he's had those moments where he fears for his for his life because they are they have actually come after him. Yes, you know, and yes. the crazy thing is, I don't know if you remember the whole Saudi Arabia controversy with the Patriot Act. Is that you know he's given he by the way he gives Netflix a lot of props, but Netflix came under fire when the the Saudi Arabia thing. Yes, they did. Because Netflix didn't air the program or like cut off some of it. Well, I don't yeah, know exactly the what they did. Do you, do you know how, how they went about it? My understanding is after it aired, it wasn't up for too long and then they, they pulled the episode. But I think they put it back after some discussion. I'm not sure if it was put back up edited or not, or not but, but I, there, I believe the episode did go back up, at least in part. And, and part of the thing that the Saudis will do is that they will buy pieces of companies that are important and under pseudonames, under co company names, that you would never know that it's them. And whenever they need to flex their muscles, they will come to you and say, the prince of so-and-so is the owner of such and such company, which is a subsidiary of your company, so you can't do this. I mean, the Saudis, they own even part of Fox News. <laughs> They're doing the same thing in the world of football, in the world of soccer. They're buying, basically buying team, much of what Steinbrenner did with the Yankees, right? Bought a team, invested a lot of money in it, and then all of a sudden these teams are winning. They win everything because they can buy whatever player they want. So the Saudis, they have their hands in everything, and they are a very f powerful clan. And when we talk about the Saudis, we're not talking about the, the citizen, the, the people of Saudi Arabia. We're talking about the family, the house of Saud. That's what Saudi means, right? Saud is, is the tribe of Saud. So, so they own this part of the uh, Arabic Peninsula, which is why it's called uh, Saudi Arabia. So it is a family that has all the money in the world plus one dollar. Yes. And, and and then, you know, they're incredibly powerful and incredibly cruel in yes. uh murders because like I said, uh Jamal Hashogji, before Jamal Hashogji started criticizing the kingdom, by the way, he wasn't a dissenter. He wasn't. If you read articles that Hashogi wrote criticizing the kingdom, all he was advocating is was more civil rights. It wasn't like 
we, you know, death to the king, to the king or whatever. None of that bullshit. You know, he was a, a, a Saudi citizen who was making the exact types of criticism that we as American citizens make on a daily basis about what we would like this country to see and to be and represent. And he got chopped to pieces, man. Yeah. So, yeah. And chopped to pieces in the, either the embassy or the consulate, which I mean, chopped to pieces is chopped to pieces, but it's not like, what am I trying to say here? It, it wasn't a dark alley ambush or anything. It was obviously very sanctioned. Exactly. <laughs> and very, very much, you know, like there was no saying, oh, well, you know, he just ran into some bad people or whatever. Eh, no, this happens. Like you guys were, he was your guest yes. and you murdered him. Yeah. And I mean, that's a whole nother level of, of, of cruelty as well to have someone as your guest in your consulate or your embassy and then murder them. I mean, it's just what the shit yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, it, it obviously shows how much they feel they're in charge of the world. Right. And, and, and I think, you know, as much as the crown prince of, of Saudi Arabia should have to respond for this crime, but also the government of Turkey yeah. Should, yes. should should bear some responsibility. And I'm specifically talking about Erdogan, President yes. Erdogan, because what does that say about about you, about your government, that if you know somebody enters the embassy of another country within your country and never comes out and you're not raising hell? Yeah. You know, yeah. Why are you? Why are you not raising? And, and, and please don't tell me. Well, you know, they don't want to risk the oil and shit because most of the oil that Turkey gets, they get it from Eurasia's standing gas station, which is Russia. You know, and I think they still <laughs> get it. <laughs> yeah, I think they are because I think they're pretty vocal in their support of of Russia and what Russia's doing. So yeah, that right. might be. That may be some of the answer to the the question there, but yeah, I, I, I uh, yeah, they they obviously are enjoying some sort of payback or or payout there to to just be like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, it was that's yeah. fine. I mean, we didn't we didn't see anything. We, we didn't do it. We didn't see it. After so. all, we can't tell a citizen a citizen of Saudi Arabia not to enter the Saudi Arabian embassy in Turk in Istanbul, right? I mean, mm -hmm. why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, but back to Hassan Minaj. Hassan Minaj has a very other than the political stuff. He's he's got a very special way of self-deprecating. Talk about that a bit, George. <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, yeah, he's he's. <laughs> It's very funny about that. Uh, he doesn't, I don't want to say he doesn't take himself seriously, but in the sense of, you know, somebody called him like, why does he look like a, a raccoon on Adderall? And there was somebody else that said, God, I can't remember what the joke was, but anyway, he was basically like, do you know why all this hurts? This all hurts me, but it's do you know why it all hurts? It's true. <laughs> It's freaking accurate. <laughs> oh, it was the picture of him in Sonic the Hedgehog with basically the same face or facial expression. So, 
the thing is, it's cool to see that because we know that social media is incredibly cruel, especially Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I were famous, some shit would be said about me on Twitter that I, I just wouldn't, I couldn't take it. I'd, I'd be like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just signing off and never coming back. But this mm-hmm. dude just takes it. <laughs> he takes it and he finds it funny and he reuses it as a funny line. And I'm, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, he, um, he has definitely found a way to to turn it into material. And, I, you know, he, he says at some point that it hurts, obviously, because you're a human being and, you, and not a robot. And I, I liked that he used that to show, you know, at the end of his special that if, if you can hurt me with your silly little memes and things, but I can turn them into material and stuff. And, and you know, that's good. But, but, you know, think about all the other people that we can hurt too, if we need to, right. and, and not, not in a, not in a deconstructive way as in attacking each other willy nilly, but as in being the King's jester, jester, as yes. in let's, let's make fun of the King of Saudi Arabia until he's crying in a corner. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And Bolsonaro basically. in Brazil and Duterte yes. in Philippines and, and yes. so, and, you know, Vladimir Putin and so on. And he is exactly right, because these people aren't exempt of social media. And they are actually more acutely aware of what's been said about them than you or me, because we ain't famous and we're not in charge of any country or any kingdom. But, you know, these people, here's the crazy thing. It's amazing to think that in history, there has, you know, the King's Jester has always existed and he was probably the only person who could actually make jokes about the king and live to tell the, the story. And that was respected. It was a territory that the king wasn't willing to, the king or the queen for that matter, weren't willing to, to take offense in because then, then if a joke is said about me and I'm, I get offended, then it's true. Mm-hmm. That's the way it works. Mm-hmm. But... Dictators today are incredible narcissists who are <laughs> very thin-skinned. So in China, for instance, you can't use a meme with Winnie the Pooh because President Xi Jinping has been made fun of as he looks like Winnie the Pooh. You just like all of a sudden, the image of Winnie the Pooh is offensive. In China, it's just like, what? You are a head of state. You are the head of state of one of the, of the most populous countries in the world. And you're tripping over Winnie the Pooh. Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, that's the kind of thing. Which is why, again, I say, you know, what Hassan Minhaj has done and what he continues to do, I still think that is dangerous, and it's not as dangerous to other comedians as it is to him. Definitely. Not. Yeah, yeah, I, and I, I also think you know, with the comparison of John Oliver, you know, he has 
it seems like he has a, a very large staff and he works for HBO and, you know, of course he's white and American and English. And I don't know. It just seems like Hassan is, is kind of a maverick. If that's the word yes. I want to use, he's kind of on his own. He's not cause he's on Netflix, but I don't know. I feel like HBO is more likely to, to, to circle the wagons <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Netflix to be like, um, Oh yeah. So you, you need an attorney. Let's find now the exchange between the Netflix attorney and, and the, uh, <laughs> the hedge fund manager. Yeah. That, that was really fantastic. Right. But they that know was... who to antagonize. They know, who yes. to, to stand yes. you know, they believe in, in what ways they can play the American justice system. Yes. But when an entire country, like the kingdom of a country comes back at them and say, you know, your comedian said something we don't like and we have ways to fuck with you. It's a different thing. Yeah. It is. A, yeah. It, it's a different thing. So, so yeah. this is where I, I think, you know, as you said, it's, it's not the same. It's, it's not the same. And, and what, Hassan has done I don't know if you, to call it bravery or whatever but like the, it takes balls man it takes balls yeah. to do that yeah 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 which you know we discover that he has problems with the first <laughs> 30 seconds so <laughs> oh god that was funny that yeah I, I also like the way he started because all of the pomp, pompousness of ladies and gentlemen, blah, 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 and boom. And, you know, the first five minutes of a comedy show is sound yourself like awkward with the whole, how y'all doing? And, ooh, like, oh, it's crazy no, out there, no, man. be quiet, be quiet, yeah, sit down. Sit down. Yeah, sit yeah, down. Yeah. All of that bullshit, it's, it's, a, it's, a bit, it's a bit turn off for me until it just takes off. Yeah. And he just starts, like, it, it almost seems like, they edited this part exactly when he had already started. Like all of the warm-up had already been done. And, and you know, okay, this is a relevant part. We're just going to start from here. Yeah. So I found, yeah. I found that in, in, interesting. Yeah, it was, it was refreshing. It was, it was fun to have. It was good that he just got right into it and, and never stopped. Well, what did you think of... Uh, well, now he's able to make fun of it, but the idea that, you know, some American dude infiltrated his mosque and they went they went after children, not, not even adults. Like, I could have understood that if they infiltrated mosques and actually looked for radicalized adults, but they actually went after children. It's almost a preventive type of action. We know that you're bound to get radicalized because we said so. So we are going to get a fake confession out of you, scare the fuck out of you, and then take you away and throw your life away. It's just, that is cruel. And these are the kind of shit that people, <laughs> people think I'm, People will think I'm I am anti-American when I when I tell people to shut the fuck up about American exceptionalism. But it only takes America to be scared. 
for all kinds of cruelty and inhumane shit to happen. And when it happens, it's never to white people. Because the just the history of the Japanese encampment for you there to 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 think about. And there's this, the Patriot Act. Where <laughs> where secret agents infiltrated infiltrated mosques and went after children just so they could say, Yeah, we got a radical. This yeah. is bullshit, man. I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not, I I don't know what to think of this. I I don't think that that is in any way, I don't think it's anything but reprehensible because if you go to, if you go to a church, if you go to a mosque, if you go to a synagogue and you present yourself as a sincere person who wants to learn about the religion, wants to convert, wants to become whatever the religion is, but your sole purpose is to attack children within the religious organization and basically radicalize them yourself because you've made the decision that it's going to happen anyway. Yeah. So let me go ahead and do it so that we can get it out of the way and get them in prison before they do anything else. I don't know how you can sleep at night because even if you aren't a religious person, even if you aren't a spiritual person, even if you don't believe in God, to me, there are lines you do not cross. And that is one of them. You do not cross the line of faith and use fake faith to ruin people's lives. Now, as you said, if they were doing it to go after people that they knew were radicalized, adults, that they knew that this was happening and this was a way to bring them down or possibly the only way to bring them down or or, or remove a cell or, or whatever it's called, that's one thing. But to basically do this as a i mean it's it it makes me think of 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 pedophiles <laughs> who will always find a way to be around children so that they can molest and it, a lot of the ways through that is through the church yes so uh, in christian church when i say that so i mean that's 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 the kind of thing it makes me think of and i i, I it's just nauseating it is a gross form of uh, entrapment too if you think about it yes you yes, know, because here's the thing, in in many countries, in, let's let's think about, for instance, Britain. A lot of Muslims signed up to law enforcement and signed up to 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 become undercover officers doing the job of preventing of preventing terrorism and infiltrated mosques. And but while they were there, they were worshiping for real. When they went to the mosque, they were worshiping for real. They went to prayer for real. There weren't some white dude that just showed up and expected to be given, to be welcomed so that he could fucking just get children in trouble by he himself inducing the theme of radicalization to, to them. That's not the way, that's not the way it happened anywhere else. But we always, we always take it far, 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 far. And then, 
you know, somehow we want we want a hero's welcome, and that's the kind of shit that that bothers me. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Because that's that's, <laughs> that's an excellent example, Graham. Because you know, as you said, if you're going there as as a member, as as a convert, as whatever the right word is, and you're praying and you're worshiping and that sort of thing but you're also keeping your eyes open at the same time as to other things that might be going on there's a no that's that's totally different but the whole thing being fake is just it's just it's just gross and you know i'm not gonna say that hassan's father was naive maybe that didn't even happen but i can see a lot of people who always look for the positive in in human beings saying i think it's a wonderful thing that you want to be a muslim sure we yeah. welcome you we yeah. because here's the crazy thing people don't understand this but islam actually means you know the way of love like real muslims are like the the, the most welcoming in in open-armed individuals that you will encounter in your, in your whole life. And if you read the Quran, you will realize, can I, can I actually make a comparison here? This book talks less about killing than the Christian Bible. <laughs> you know, by the way, the Christian Bible talks about raping, killing, you know, murdering, smothering babies and shit. It's a scary there's some, book. There's some scary shit goes on. There are yes, some absolutely. scary shit. It, yeah. Eating the flesh of some dude who's been dead for two for, for three days and shit. And drinking his blood. Vampirism and all kind of shit. Y'all not scared of that. <laughs> but little brown person say Allahu Akbar and you're losing your damn mind. Oh fuck off. <laughs> so yeah, man, it's just bad. To, you know, to speak to his father, you know, whether that happened or not, it, it certainly happened with others in the community because they were, they did put some children away who, um, you know, false confessions were forced out of them and that sort of thing. And that wouldn't have happened if they weren't a welcomed and trusted member of the community because it, it was, you know, if, if you're suspicious of this person, you're going to be like, eh, fuck off just as Hassan was or, or stated that he was in the comedy specials. So I, that's, that's another level of, of grossness as well, because you're, you're abusing someone's trust and especially when it happened, because it was, I am quite sure there were many people who were genuinely wanting to welcome white people. Yes in to say please come and see what this is about please come and understand that we are not the kind of people who would make you know who would send suicide bombers to kill thousands of people please come understand our religion please we we want you to so the timing of that is also particularly awful i know that's why it happened i am not dumb i know that's why it had the timing of it but psychologically it also had the timing to elicit false consent yes, confessions absolutely. because it was well of course i trust this person you know he's he's genuinely trying to find out about my way of life yeah yeah you're, you're so. absolutely right it, it is you know 
it it was a time where people were primed to basically welcome anyone who wanted who who ex- who would express wanting to know more about the faith the religion and the way of life and of course why not i mean we don't want to be looked at as some others so if you are willing to be part of us you're willing to learn what is it that we talk about what is it that we preach what is it that of course you're more than welcome but that wasn't the intention at all it's just it's just awful that they 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 did that to children and it's just awful that at some point that shit was legal it is awful that both democrats and republicans at the time signed off on that fucking law and i think the greatest comeback the greatest middle finger that can be given to anything was the fact that hassan when he got his show namely the patriot act because yeah fuck you you know uh, i you know we've talked about 40 minutes about this it it, it wasn't it was, it was an hour stand up comedy show from a very very good young comedian that i think is worth watching it's worth reflecting upon and it will help you understand uh, quite a few things that you know i think hasan is in a very different position again than many other comedians if <laughs> we talk about trevor noah coming to america and landing basically one of the greatest gigs in late night which he has done well for 10 years and and a fantastic job at that uh, you know what hasan minaj has done in just a few years i suspect is only can only get better and can only grow to become a, a larger phenomenon and i'm here for it agreed agreed all right then so let's call it a day another short one the show we are talking about is a stand up uh, comedy show called the king's jester and it is performed by comedian hasan minaj we highly highly recommend it so go on watch it and tell us what you think it's incredibly funny it's incredibly thoughtful um and uh the the technique is just fantastic so uh i i think that anybody with who likes thinking thinking man's comedy is that what it's called will will enjoy this if you're not familiar with hasan this is a great place to start definitely yes meanwhile jojo and i we are going to call it today this time we'll be n- next week back with another episode that time we probably will be talking about a longer series you know with a few episodes or whatever but who knows as of yet we have not decided no we have not but what we can tell you is that this week you can go ahead and watch the king's jester tell us what you think you know what to find us kickinginstrumentpodcast.com is our address is our um is our website and then we are on instagram twitter facebook and the pinterest jocelyn is findable on uh instagram as 
KNS co-host. And I am Mr. Puchetta. That's M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. Now for me and for Juju, this is good night, everyone. Bye. Take care now, you here. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you've found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.